They are the high kids. Your host today is Jessica. Good afternoon and welcome to the Chai Kids Show on 101.9. Thank you for choosing the Chai Kids Show on Chai FM. My name is Jessica and I am 10 years old and I will be hosting for you today. This is Chai Kids, for Kids, by Kids. So coming up on Chai Kids today, I will be interviewing Muhammad Mari and Impo. And he is a firefighter, so stay tuned to 101.9 Chai FM to learn more about what he does and how fun it can be. Also on the show, I have a tongue twister to challenge your mouth and a general knowledge question to challenge your mind. So stay tuned. You don't want to miss this kid's show. Here are the details. If you have any questions for my guests or if you want to say hi to your friends and family, the SMS number is 34519 and is charged at 1 round 50. You can, you can send an SMS, you can send a telegram on 061-895-1019. And please don't forget to sign your name. You can call us on 010-140-3020. I repeat, 010-140-3020. Get ready for a very interesting show on High Kids today. It's red, I'm your amor, I'm your amor. Where should I put my shoes? I'm your amor, I'm your amor. You say put them on your head. I'm your amor, I'm your amor. You make me un poco loco, un poquititito loco. The way you keep me guessing, I'm nodding and I'm guessing. I'll count it as a blessing that I'm only un poco loco. you make me it is just um poco crazy the sense that you're not making the liberties you're taking leaves my goddess is shaking you are just um poco loco Hi kids, for kids, by kids. They are the Hi Kids. Your host today is Jessica. That song was An Pokolovo from Coco. This is Hi Kids, for kids, by kids. My name is Jessica and I'm your host for today. Before we start the interview with Mohammed and Impor, he is a firefighter. I want to introduce the tongue twister for today. It is, I wish to wish the wish you wish to wish. I repeat, 
I wish to wish the wish you wish to wish. A bit later, I will count how many times you can say the tongue twister in 10 seconds. So call me on 010-140-3020 to see if you can say it faster than me. I have Mohammed and Empor with me in the studio today. So if, if you have any questions for they, them, you can send them on 34519 or telegram to 061-895-1019. Good afternoon. What made you decide to be a firefighter? Good afternoon. My name is Mohammed. I'm from the City of Johannesburg Emergency Management Services. And uh, my core function is public education. And uh, what made me become a firefighter was passion. I didn't wake up in the, that morning and just decided I want to be a firefighter. It's been a lifetime dream, being a kid, you know, going through um, all these uh, sirens and running and chasing cars and things like that. That was my passion. My passion was always to assist and help my fellow human being. Okay. Um, what made you decide to be a firefighter, Mpo? Hello, my name is Mpo and I'm an intern at EMS in the peer department as well, uh, which is part of uh, public education. And I would say for me, being a firefighter has always been a calling because I started with the emergency management services since I was 13 years old. In a school, it's a cadet program for kids where they train them to be future firefighters. And after that, I was granted an opportunity to study further into firefighting, and that is why I'm here today. 13 is very young to start. <laughs> yeah. How long have you been a firefighter? Um, if I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give my age away, but uh, let me try. I've been in this industry for 40 years, and next year, September, I'll officially retire from this work. Mm -hmm. How long have you been, like, even though you started at 13? Like, how um, long has it been? I think it's more than 10 years now. Yeah, I think it's more than 10 years, right? Yeah, 12, 12 years. Did you start off as a volunteer, and then what, and then what made you decide to do this as your job? Interesting question. Um, when I left school, I went into a trade, which is a plumber. And uh, after I qualified as a plumber, I, I started working as a reservist. And passion grew while I was a reservist. And two years later, I was employed full-time at the fire service. And today, 40 years back, I'm still in the service. And if I must relive it, I'll do it exactly the same. Um, and you also? Please repeat the question for me. Um, did you start off as a volunteer and then what made you decide to do this as your job? Um, I didn't start off as a volunteer. I was a, a cadet, so um, I was still young and we were going to the school every Saturday to be taught how to be future firefighters. But yes, later on in the career, I did go for volunteering at my local fire station, which I did because I was studying national diploma in fire technology so i needed some experience so yes i did go and volunteer and later on it led me to an internship program that i'm currently in which fire station do you work from unfortunately we work for the city of johannesburg we work uh, in any fire station but i'm based 
My office is in Eldorado Park in the south, and I cover the whole of the south. That is where I'm based. Are you also? Yeah, to meet you. Um, how long does the training take to become a firefighter? Well, there's, um, there's two options. If you want to become a firefighter, there's two options for you. There's um, the short courses, and then you have your career path that you can do through the varsities and the technical colleges, TUTs. So to become a firefighter, the first and the most important thing is your subject choice need to be the right subjects. You need to have pure maths, you need to have uh, life science, and you need to have uh, science. Am I correct? Science. Okay. So those are the, 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 the compulsory subjects that you need to, uh, need to have when you finish matric. Okay. Then if you follow the, 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 the route of short courses, there are many accredited uh, training centers in South Africa. So that is going to be a longer, it's a longer way to become qualified firefighter because the, um, the best way to go today is to go to varsity and you do either your BTEC fire, which is a degree, or you do your BTEC medical, which is also a degree, and then you can go do your rescue as well. So all in all, it takes us about 10 years, if not more, to qualify. That's long. Yes. <laughs> Firefighting is physically tough. Do you have a lot of training to stay fit and strong? Oh, someone like Mpo. Oh, she's a fitness fanatic. <laughs> yes, definitely, because you must remember that um, our work is all about physicality. You know, what's going under uh, uh, narrow spaces, going into hot areas, and you need to be physically fit to do that. So every morning, we have a program myself and Mpo that we do. We go to the gym and we work out. And, uh, you know, on your own, you also do your own training. So you need to stay physically fit because it's a very strenuous uh, um, career. Thank you. What is a normal day for a firefighter? A normal day for a firefighter? It's like you people know it. It's a bar one and you sit down and play billiards. <laughs> That is fine. I'm only joking. A normal day for a firefighter is we start six o'clock, uh, of past six for seven o'clock in the morning, and we have different shifts that you work. And uh, at seven o'clock at night, you end your shift, and during that, anything can happen from an accident to a child that, uh, uh, to a woman that gives birth to a child, anything that you can expect for the day. Most of the time, you know, our core function is firefighting, but we are paramedics as well. So anything from uh, a house fire to a car accident to disasters and things like that, that is what we deal with. That is a normal day for us in Johannesburg. I didn't know that. How long are your shifts? The guys at work uh, shifts, their shifts is from 7 to 7. 7 in the morning until 7 in the afternoon. Then they have a change over at 7 o'clock. Then there's another shift running from 7 o'clock the night until 7 o'clock the morning. So it's a 12-hour shifts that we work. So you take turns? Yes, they take turns. Are you allowed to sleep on a night shift? No, we don't sleep. We don't sleep. Uh, during our, 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 our shift at night, night shift, there's many uh, in-service trainings that take place. 
we sit and we discuss uh, scenes and we we um, some of us that some of us that studies some of us that studies takes our books and uh, we um, make 100% sure that we stay on par with training and things like that so the whole night through we we make sure that we stay busy doing our work and things thank you is it like the movies where you have to slide down a fire pole when an emergency call comes in? Yes, yes, definitely. That is what is the fun. Remember, some of our old fire stations are built whereby the uh, resting place is on top and the fire engines park at the bottom. So we still got our sliding pole, the famous <laughs> sliding pole that we slide down every day if we get a call. So yes, that is our trademark. There is no fire station without a fire pole because the fire pole is what makes the firefighter. Um, do you stay with one fire station or do you move around? You move around. Unfortunately, we have different types of fire stations that uh, concentrates on different types of incidents. Like if you work in the, in the CBD, they specialize in high-rise buildings. And if you work in, uh, uh, in an informal settlement, they deal with shacks and these things. So yes, they rotate you around so that you can ex get experience of all the different types of fires that you get on the... Which is your favorite one? Like, which... Which is my favorite? Mm. Fire. Yeah. My favorite fire. There's no favorite fires, but anyhow, um, all fires are dangerous and... Uh, we, my core function is to prevent fires from taking place rather than liking a fire to take place, okay? So uh, what we do is we go out and educate the, uh, the, the, the learners, that is why I'm sitting here today, to have a proactive approach to fires whereby we prevent fires from taking place. Um, how many times on average are you called out for emergencies every week? It depends on uh, on the day. Our, our Mondays is normally more busier than our Wednesdays. And uh, our busy period is normally over the weekends, you know, when everybody's at home. But you can have a busy day during the week as well. Accident doesn't ask, uh, you know, for time and place. That is why we as, as the public education section must make 100% sure that we go out to the people and we educate them to prevent fires from taking place. Are there different types of fires and can you explain them? Okay, there is different types of fires. I'll ask my colleague to come in there. Maybe she can share a few with you. Yes, we do have different types of, of fires. We usually classify them by alphabets. So I'll try to be as slow as possible so that everyone can capture that. We have class A fires. Class A fires, our, it's our combustible fires. Now, these are the types of fires that include our wood, paper, plastic, anything that you can extinguish by using water. And then we have class B fires. Class B fires, that's our flammable liquids. That is your petrol, your paraffin, acetone, sanitizer, alcohol now these fires you cannot necessarily use water to extinguish but you can use sand 
Then we have classifiers. We call them electrical fires. And the reason why we call them electrical fires is because these are the fires that are usually initiated by electricity. So with these types of fires, the way we extinguish them is just to switch off the main switch. So the energizer that is um, providing the electricity, you switch that off and then you continue to treat the fire that is burning by class A or class B, depending on what it's burning. And then we have class D fires. Class D fires, we call them metal fires. Now metal fires include your magnesium, sodium, and all these other chemicals that you can usually find in our factories. Then we have class K fires. Class K fires, we call them kitchen fires because these fires, we usually find them in restaurants and kitchens and in our kitchens at homes as well. Now these fires, we uh, include grease fires, your oil. You know when you're cooking in the kitchen and you forget the pan there and then the fire starts? And the only way that you can switch off that fire is not by water, by either either sand or by uh, a blanket or wet cloth. So those are the types of fires. I'm, I'm, I hope that you captured that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you need to be careful with these fires because they burn. And uh, you must remember that children must be very, very careful when it comes to fires. Yeah, definitely. Yes. And also, I think people think that they can use water with every type of fire, and which is not always the case. You can also use sand, you can use an extinguisher and so forth. What dangers are there in people's homes that we should be aware of? Thank you. There are so many dangers. And, uh, you know, as a child, we tend to overlook these little dangers. We'll start with um, most of our houses as pools. And uh, if you go to these houses, you'll find out that most of the kids, they can't swim. Okay? So it's important for us to make 100% sure that when you have a pool at home, that is compliant. The word compliant means it must be safe so that the child cannot enter there uh, by, by, it, by him, him or herself, meaning that there should be a fence around your pool, there should be a gate, and on the gate there should be a warning device so that if the kid opened their gate, the alarm will go off and it will notify the, the, the your parent that somebody is busy at the pool. And uh, uh, maybe Mpo can add more. Yes, definitely. The most common one is our candles. Since we as a country are facing a lot of load shedding yeah. <laughs> and a lot of people might not have access to the rechargeable lights, so usually people use candles. So what they can opt for is not to put the candle on the Coke bottle. They can actually put the candle on the mayonnaise bottle and fill that with sand halfway, and then they can uh, stick the candle on. In fact, that will actually make the light a little bit brighter, and it will actually take longer for the candle to burn out. So on that note, let's take a quick song break. We'll be right back. I'm malicious, mean, and scary. My sneer could curdle dairy. And violence-wise, my hands are not the cleanest. But despite my evil look and my temper and my hook, I've always yearned to be a touch of fearless. Can't you see me on the stage performing Mozart? Tickling the ivory till they gleam. Yes, I'd rather be 
called Deadly, but my killer show too deadly. Cause way down deep inside I've got a dream. kids for kids by kids they are the high kids your host today is Jessica that song was I've got a dream from tango this is high kids for kids by kids my name is Jessica and I am 10 years old we have a message from Linda and she says hi Jessica how does sand prevent fire and are you not scared to be burnt from Linda okay I'll come into that okay so sand um, is one extinguishing method that we use to switch off fire. And I'll make a practical example. So let's say you have a glass of water, right? Or, yeah, a glass of water. And when you add 
sorry let me switch that up let's say you have a glass and that glass has a little bit of oil in it okay and when you add water into it what happens the water goes under the oil and the oil floats so that's on its own shows that um, water cannot necessarily extinguish any fires related to oil or grease okay meaning that should you add water into that oil it will either react explosively or it will help that fire to spread because now the oil will be on top of water. So when you add sand, it comes as a way of suffocating the fire. In the fire department, we call it smoldering. So it comes in as a blanket and it, it, it helps eliminating oxygen, which is one of the elements in fire, and then it switches that fire off. Keep sand to put out fires, and what is the first thing to do when you see a fire? Okay, sand is just a, a way of improvising. We remember that uh, as youngsters, we like to take chances in things, and not all of us has got fire extinguishers at hand. So that is why when you improvise and you're at a place where there's no fire extinguishers, we can use sand. It actually smothers your fire, whereby, like Mpo has explained, it takes out all the oxygen. But there are many other agents like uh, your uh, dry chemical powder, and we've got uh, carbon uh, dioxide, all right, CO2, uh, fires for like for computers and these electrical things. So there's different agents that we use for different types of fires. But the most common and the most uh, easier one to use is sand because it's everywhere. All right. Can I also add on to that? I want uh, the Chai M friends to also check out in all the petrol stations. Next to the fire extinguisher, there's a bucket of sand, which also shows that sand on its own is one of the greatest, most accessible extinguisher anyone can ever have. Um, do you do you only put out fires or do you do you save other things like cats? <laughs> the 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 the, um, the humanitarian aid that was in the olden days, we used to assist people with taking cats out of, but that's not our core function. The, our core function is uh, uh, emergencies like fires, rescues, and things like that. But yes, when the odd time comes, when we must uh, do a humanitarian aid, where we assist people with uh, things like that, we've got extension ladders and vehicles. That is not actually our core function, but we do assist people at times to do that. Especially where there's an animal, animal's uh, life that's at risk, we do assist. Thank you, Linda, for your messages. Before I carry on with my interview, I'm going to remind you what the tongue twister is. It is, I wish to wish the wish you wish to wish. And I have a general knowledge question, question to challenge your thinking. Which animal is known as the ship of the desert? Send your SMS to 34519 or telegram to 061-895-1019. If you have any questions for Mohammed and Mpo, you can send an SMS to 34519 or telegram to 061-895-1019 or call on 010-140-3020. Now let's carry on with my questions. What do you think parents, children, carers and teachers should learn about fire safety? Everything from the basic 
just to remember that any, any heat source is a dangerous thing. When I say heat source, anything that can cause a flame is a dangerous thing. For, for children, we must remember that we call it tools for adults. And when it comes to toys, that is for children. So children need to play with toys and adults need to, uh, to play with tools. So we call all those things, all the, uh, any heat source or any lighter matches and these things that can cause open flames, we call it tools for adults. So when a child sees matches and things lying around, her duty is to call an adult and not to handle these things. Yes, Paul. Can I also add on to that? There is uh, certain things that also adults uh, do not pay attention to. That includes your aerosol sprays, like your doom, your air fresheners. We tend, as adults, we tend to put those things uh, next to the window where there is direct sunlight, and that can also be one of the dangers that we impose our kids and our families to. So we should be mindful and we should read instructions when the container says you can refrigerate, refrigerate. But if the container says put in a cool, dry area, that place I'm definitely sure it's not next to the windowsill. So we should put those things in a cool, dry area as well. Just to, just to add to what Mpoa said as well, even the chemicals that we use uh, in the house, they shouldn't be stored in the house. They should be stored outside because if you go to high school and you do um, uh, uh, what's that life science, you'll see that uh, these are things that generate their own uh, energy. They they can cause fires by by themselves. So household chemicals mustn't be stored together in one cupboard. It is best to store it outside and it must be separated. There are so many other things like uh, extension leads. People tend to use extension leads as permanent replacement for plugs and things. That is just a temporary, if I want to do a quick job, you use an extension cord. They are, they are, we're talking about um, going to the bath, you know, which uh, can I ask you a counter question? When you, when you take a bath, which, uh, what water do you tap first? Hot. You see? Now that is one of the, 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 the dangers of tapping your, your hot water first because if you an epileptic or anything happens to you and you slip, where are you going to fall into? The hot water. Hot water. So that is why when you do put water in the bath, the first thing that you put in is your cold water and you add your hot water to the temperature that you want. You know, little things like that. So there are many more of these things, but time is uh, limited on you know, on the, on, on the show. So we'll come back and we'll add all those things in another program. Thank you. Do you think schools should teach basic fire skills? Definitely. And um, it, it has been running for the past 10 years that the city of Johannesburg uh, Emergency Management Services is doing that service at different schools. The reason why we're doing that is we know that our response times in the city are hampered by so many things. We're talking about traffic, we're talking about road conditions. So this is all things that slows down or hamper response times. So this is why we're breaching the gap whereby we go out to the schools and we go out to communities and organizations and we teach them basic skills of first aid and fire until we arrive so that they're equipped to deal with situations and 
the most important thing that we emphasize on is to prevent fires and emergencies from happening. At what age do you think children should be taught about fires and what to do in an emergency? At a very young age. Because here's the thing with um, children. Children are smart and they are very uh, good at grasping a lot of information at a very young age. And what I also like about kids is that they are not shy to educate their parents. They are not shy to educate their families. So I know definitely that from a very young age, as nine years old, you can now start teaching your children anything about basic first aid, anything about basic firefighting, and they will know what to do at the right time, I promise you. Have you ever taught your own family how to put out a fire and what to do in an emergency? Definitely. I'll be failing in my duties if I don't practice what I preach. So uh, what we do is, what I do at my home is, all these uh, training that I do with the communities and with the people outside, I, I do them at home as well. Just as my child is a child, like any other child, they all make mistakes and remember one thing, those are very dangerous mistakes that cannot be reversed if it takes place. Meaning that it is, uh, it is a common thing for every adult to teach his children about the dangers of fires and whatever medical emergencies involve. Just to add into that, also teaching your family about emergencies does not only apply uh, when you have to teach them about fire or about CPR or about, you know, all these things that you think firefighters do. Teaching your family about being ready for emergency is also teaching them that you shouldn't put uh, your sofa or your uh, most, the biggest canvas of flour next to an exit route. So in your home, just ensure that whenever you guys are up uh, during the day, ensure that your doors are unlocked and they are accessible. Should there be any emergencies that anyone in the house should run out uh, using the back door or the front door, they can easily exit. Let me just before, sorry, sorry, just before we move, let me just add something to that as well. Um, what have you got on your windows at home? To protect you at night. Did you hear about burglar proving? Burglar bars? Is that what you have at home? And your slam locks and all these fanny, fancy locks? Yeah. We are actually creating a cage for ourselves. We, are, we want people, we want danger to stay out of the house. But we don't realize what if something happened inside the house and you want to get out, then you can't get out. So my advice to you is whenever you put the, these mechanisms on your window, bear in mind that I need to escape if there's a danger in the house. So you need to make a mechanism in the house somewhere whereby if there's an emergency, like you train your, your, your evacuation every once a week, you go to that window, show or wherever your, your exit is, and you teach your children if there's an emergency, this is where we exit. Thank you. Are there fire safety courses that people can attend to learn basic fire safety? Uh, definitely. Um, you can contact us. We've got a special unit which is known as PEER, uh, acronym PEER, Public Information, Education and Relations. There are B-Safe centres in each and every fire station in the city of Johannesburg. And all you need to do is just go to the fire station 
and ask them they will connect you with us and we will do the necessary courses with you free of charge we don't charge a fee for any of these courses it is free all you need to do is just contact us and we will pay a visit to your school or your organization or any group of people we will come out and we will do the necessary training in first aid by uh, evacuation and basic fire do firefighters need to know other emergency rescue skills and first aid definitely i'm 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 a class 4 rescue diver so i do diving i do high angle high angle is abseiling so we are specialized people as well so it's not just putting out fires we can do any rescue we've got a team that is known as USA urban search and rescue they are the team for south africa if there's disasters so they are also specialized people so they not only putting out fires they do rescues and they do we've got paramedics as well so we've got everything we multi-skilled we do fire medical and rescue thank you when dealing with minor burn wounds what is the first thing we should do okay so um we have different classes or we have different um degrees of burns okay so we have different types of burns that's what i'm looking for okay so the first band we call it a first degree burn which is now the superficial burn which is the first layer of your skin usually this burn um, you will feel that you will see the redness on your skin and you feel the itch and the irritation and majority of the time when people say Put the water, put the wound under tap water for 20 minutes. People usually put the, put it there under tap water for one hour, for one minute, and then they feel that no, the burn is, has went away, and then they remove it, and then they still feel the burn. It's because heat travels. So you must ensure that when we say 20 minutes under tap running water. We meant uh, 20 minutes under tap running water, and that will not heal the the wound immediately, but it will definitely do the trick of cooling the burn. Then we have the second degree burn, which is now um, the first layer and the second layer of the skin, and you will see blisters. And usually people pop the blisters, which is one of the uh, the mistakes that people do. You do not pop the blister because the water inside the blister is the medication for the wound. So you do not pop the blister. Instead, you also put it under water for 20 minutes. And the reason why we say tap running water is because tap water is the exact uh, temperature that we need to cool the burn. And then we have the dead degree burn, which is now uh, the first, the second, and the third layer of your skin. Then you will notice uh, either it, it turns charcoal black or uh, it turns white and painless. Now that uh, that burn, you also cool it down, but it is definitely a hospital case. Just to just to add to impose, um, um, water is one of the most com common way. It's mo uh, it's a common way, and one of the best ways to cool a burn. Right? It's like taking away the heat. There are other methods like your burn shields. Those are the more expensive, it's, it's a good thing to have because it assists with scarring as well. But one of the most common things, if it's an emergency, all you do is you just put your, the burn, the burn that occurred, you just put it under running water for 20 minutes and it will take away the burn. 
So we don't only uh, emphasize uh, water, but there is other things to use as well. So on that note, let's take a quick song break and we'll be back. Kids for kids by kids. They are the high kids. Your host today is Jessica. That song was ZBGBD from Beautiful Creatures. This is high kids for kids by kids. My name is Jessica and I am 10 years old. Are you ready for the tongue twister? This is how it works. You can call us on 010140302. And I will count how many times you can say the tongue twister in 10 seconds. Just a reminder that the general knowledge question is, which animal is known as the ship of the desert? You can send your answers to 34519 or telegram 061-895-1019. You can call now on 010-140-3020 to see if you can say the tongue twister faster than me. Vusi, please start the timer. I wish to wish the wish you wish to wish. I wish to wish the wish you wish to wish. I wish to wish the wish you wish to wish. I wish to wish the wish you wish to wish. I wish to wish the wish you wish to wish. I wish. 
Mohammed, <laughs> you can go. Okay. <clears throat> I wish to wish to wish you wish to wish. I wish to wish to wish you wish to wish. I wish to wish to wish you wish to wish. I wish to wish to wish you wish to wish. I wish to wish to wish you wish to wish. I wish to wish to wish you wish to wish. I wish. And for your turn. Your turn. Okay, let's go. I wish to wish to wish you wish to wish. I wish to wish to ah. I give up now. That definitely is a tongue twister. Well done. Lots of. Lots of answers came through for the general knowledge question. Thank you for playing. The general knowledge question was, which animal is known as the ship of the desert? The answer is... Camel. The first answer was from Joseph Camapo. This has been Chakets, Forkets, Barkets. My name is Jessica and I am 10 years old. Thank you to my guest, Mohammed Mari, and um, for, for coming on my show. My producer, Senna and Vusi, for pushing the big red buttons. Join us tomorrow for another Chai Kid trip, only on 101.9 Chai FM. Goodbye, kids.